Well, it's time for the next instalment in our series that we're doing on the show with the folks at Fonterra. And each week we're speaking with one of the regional heads who lead Fonterra's farm-facing team. So today, Matt Cullen in Canterbury, Tasman and Marlborough. Morning, Matt. Morning, Brian. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Absolute pleasure. First off, you're fairly new to the job, I believe. So how have you found it so far and what were you doing beforehand? Good question. So look, you're quite right. I started at the end of February, so it puts me about uh, eight weeks in now. And so look, whilst our Canterbury, Tasman, Marlborough region, it's a really big patch. It's effectively everything north of Moiraki. I'm really fortunate we've got a really great team here, you know, focusing on on supporting and creating value for our farmer shareholders. Um, I've been really enjoying it. Um, I've definitely been learning a lot. Um, and I've been really fortunate to have had a, a really decent chunk of my first month in the role on the road. So Look, I've had lots of really good conversations with farmers uh, and understanding what's front of mind for them. You know, things like compliance, you know, on-farm costs, cost of production and ability to attract staff. So prior to so, arriving at Fonterra, what were you doing? Yeah, so, yeah, look, um, things we talked about give me some really strong connections um, on previous roles that I've held at the co-op. So I started in Fonterra back in 2011 um, as part of the Sustainable Daring Advisor team. Uh, so working one-on-one with farmers to develop, you know, plans that are really specific to their farms to identify what they're doing well and you know what we could assist to improve, you know, reducing footprint and making compliance easier. And then most recently I was heading up what we call our on-farm excellence environment team. So that team was really focused on developing tools and insights and services that support farmers to get you know, better outcomes for the environment. When we're also responsible for advocating on behalf of farmers in the co-op uh, when regulations are being reviewed or, or proposed by regional councils or, or government. So as you can probably imagine, um, you know, these are giving me some really great contact with our, our farmer shareholders and something that's really helped me in this role as well. So yeah, really enjoying it. Plenty, uh, plenty of that going on uh, in, the, in the world of politics. Sustainability is a word we hear a lot, and there's more and more focus now on greenhouse gas emissions. How are you working with farmers in this area? Yeah, look, I, I guess to, to take it back a step to, to start with, we know that our, you know, our our carbon footprint, you know, of New Zealand's on-farm milk supply, it's, it's already one of the one of the lowest in the world, and that's partly because of some of the real natural advantages of our, our pasture-based farm systems here in Aotearoa, um, but also a result of the really hard work and you know the innovation that farmers have put in over, over many years, you know, to develop really efficient farm systems around a climate that you know is effectively really really conducive to, to growing grass, and so. Whilst we come from that really strong position, you know, with really efficient farm systems, um, I read an article about this, and, uh, which I quite liked in the paper this week, and it's a bit like the All Blacks, right? We can't rest on our laurels, yeah. you know, otherwise you can get found out, um, and, and not just in World Cup years. Um, <laughs> and it, it's a really competitive global market out there. And, and look, we, we really need to work really closely with our farmers to maintain and, and strengthen that position, that leading position, um, as other countries and, and dairy companies are seeing some similar opportunities um, that, that we are and focusing on really closing that gap. So I, I guess to put it into a, a little bit of context, um, you know, emissions from, from, from farming account for about 90% of our co-op's total emissions. Uh, and that's something that, you know, we've been in discussion with our farmers about recently through, you know, a series of, of meetings across the country that I've been personally involved with, um, some online webinars. Um, and, and look, we've been having some really great conversations. Um, it is a really complex topic, uh, but at a really high level, there's kind of four reasons, you know, why we need to put real focus into sustainability and, and reducing on-farm emissions. So, you know, firstly, we've made a, a strategic choice to be a, a leader in sustainability. Um, the second is about retaining our, our high-value customers and, and access to markets. 
Um, thirdly, you know, we really want to continue to get access to, to funding and, and capital, both for the, the co-op and, 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 and our farmers' ability to access that, that, that capital. Uh, and finally, some you know legal and reporting obligations around emissions is increasing, both at a you know, at a farm level and a co-op level. So, look, um, in terms of sustainability and, and emissions over the next couple of months, you know we've got more meetings and online opportunities to kind of keep that conversation going with our farmers. There's certainly plenty of challenges out there. What's the co-op doing to overcome uh, some of those challenges, Matt? Yeah, really good question, Brian. And I mean, whilst it can be perceived as, as quite confronting and a threat um, for farmers, but we really want to come at this from a perspective of, of turning it into an opportunity, um, you know, to really kind of continue and demonstrate that really proud history that farmers in New Zealand have of, of evolving, you know, through improvements in on-farm efficiency and, and reducing that environmental footprint. You know, we, we continue those conversations with farmers and we'll look to take things to a slightly deeper level in terms of how we can support them in reducing their emissions. So that these conversations, you know, they're in addition to the tools and services that we already provide, you know, that we already provide out there to farmers as a benefit of being part of the co-op. So, you know, things like our, our farm environment plans, um, our farm insights report, you know, these are things that use, uh, you know, farm specific information to benchmark against peers. Um, you know, identify opportunities to improve efficiency and, and reduce environmental footprint. So, you know, reducing methane emissions from cows is one of the biggest challenges that, that we have. Um, I think it's pretty clear to us that in order to, to maintain, you know, our relative advantage, particularly over those northern hemisphere farming systems, you know, we need to work with others to, to solve that problem so that we're not leaving any stones unturned. There is lots of activity happening out there. Um, you know, we're a member of the Centre for Climate Action joint venture. So that's a, a collaboration with, with government and other industry bodies to develop and commercialise practical tools and, and technologies for, for New Zealand farmers that fit our system. Um, you know, we're involved in 18 practical projects and more than 30 trials underway at the moment. You know, um, one you might have heard of, um, perhaps one of the most exciting, is the use of asparagopsis seaweed as a supplementary mm. feed for dairy cows yep. um, to, to reduce that methane production in the rumen. Uh, we've also partnered with, with Nestle, um, one of our customers, to develop a, a commercially viable net zero uh, carbon emissions dairy farm in Whareiroa and Taranaki, uh, as well as working with them to, uh, on a greenhouse gas farmer support pilot program. So that's, that's identifying those opportunities to improve efficiency, so things like reproductive performance, uh, somatic cell count, you know, nitrogen fertilizer utilization, all those things, um, and, and where we can where we can realise some of those opportunities and, and and improve those efficiencies to reduce footprint. Wow, wow. I, I think, and perhaps just to, to kind of add, Brian, the onus isn't is just to provide some balance. The onus isn't isn't just on farmers here. Look, we've also got you know targets to reduce emissions from our manufacturing and transport operations as part of our ambition to be net zero by 2050. And look, you, you, you've probably read in the paper that one of the most important initiatives to achieve these those targets is to stop using coal in our manufacturing operations. So, look, lots happening. Yeah. Um, we've been re really focused on supporting our farmers as to why we need to reduce our footprint, and we're now kind of evolving that discussion uh, as to how we can get there. And, and look, I'm I'm pretty optimistic that the co-op is in a, in a really strong position. Fantastic! You're doing a great job. You've got your challenges, but you're going well, Matt. Great to catch up. Thanks for joining us today. Much appreciated. Thanks, Brian. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover.
it's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy. You've got a girl. Get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl. You get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clint and Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.